This is the United Hours Golf Podcast, episode 100. We made it. I'm Shane. I'm JP. And I'm Ben. And did we all of a sudden get another echo again? I hope not. Either way. Okay, here we go. Door underscore disc underscore golf. Night underscore owl underscore pod. YouTube channel, where this is going to be streaming. And then uh, doordisc.com, where you can buy all your disc golf needs. Keep in mind, we will have a table in Vegas that Ben and I and possibly Jordan will be sitting at. JP has to stay here in the frozen, cold north. It might but, be up to like 40. Yeah, we got a good day today. I went out on disc golf today, actually. Um, we won't talk about how I did, <laughs> but I went. <laughs> so, all right. Perfect. Um, so if you had a red button sitting right directly in front of you and if you touched it, you would immediately get a million dollars. But a professional tour card holding disc golfer would disappear. Would you touch the button? Yes. Yes. <laughs> You guys are both savage. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I say yes, too, so I guess it's not that hard. <laughs> Who would you be most disappointed if you touched that button and they disappeared? So it's just random. You don't get to pick. No, you don't get to pick. It's just like all of a sudden they're gone, like a fart in the wind. Yeah. By the way, that's that's a horrible saying because a fart in the wind, it just depends on which direction the wind's blowing where you're standing. Yeah, that's true. Um, I'd probably say Kristen, Kristen Tatar. That's when you would want least. No, no, no. That yeah, I think okay for like the future of disc golf. I think that it would be best if she stayed. Mm-hmm. I'd go Calvin. Um, he's right around my age. I think we're the same age. Just seems like a guy I could be could be buddies with. We're obviously a very good player, but I enjoy him on. On putting game and on you know GK uh, skins matches, so I just enjoy him just in general. So I'd be really disappointed just uh, from an overall standpoint of if we lost him. Mm-hmm. I would too. His personality is great. Um, I'm going to say Simone. Simone Lazat. I think he would be. Uh, I think it'd be a real bear if he disappeared. Um, his personality his social media his youtube his i've just everything just him it would suck if he would lost but you know a million dollars it's a lot of money <laughs> so life changing yeah here's the follow-up question <laughs> would you push it more than once <laughs> <laughs> no more pro tour ding 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 <laughs> If I had any, if I had any say in the, like, like if I can make a deal that was like, okay, like I push the button once I get one random, but on a second one, then I get to choose and we go back and forth then I would. But like, if I, if it's just rolling the dice every single time, yeah, that's a tough decision. Um, I gotta know more about the stakes. Like, is it like, are they gone? Do I get to resurrect them in some capacity? I think it'd be worse to choose. You're like choosing no, easy. Joel Freeman. 
Yeah, but if you can, cho- if, like, if you chose, you could chose choose just really low level. I mean, not to say that sounds bad, but you could choose people that were like further down on the pro tour list with no yeah, hesitation. Their lives don't matter. <laughs> like, I... wow, what's your grudge, man? Yeah, uh, hey, Joel... remember, remember, Ben, you're going to be seeing these people pretty soon. <laughs> they probably haven't heard of them. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> My 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 beef, my fake beef with Joel Freeman is uh, more or less that I have seen him on multiple occasions essentially try and make up his own rules, and I just don't <laughs> like that. Like the one instance I forgot was it Music City or it was one event last year where like he tried to take relief that was not marked as relief, and the entire card was like, "Now nah, you can get in there and play that." So they yeah, was like, well, yeah. I'm playing a provisional. And then, like, the TD was like, no. No, you're going to get stroke <laughs> for a misplay. You could have played yeah. that. It's not marked. And then he, there's, like, a couple he, other times that he's done similar things where he's like, well, it's the rule book says this. Well, no, you're just misinterpreting the rule book, pal. Yeah, he yeah. tries to play within the gray when there's no gray. He tries to straddle that line when there's no line to be straddled. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah, so um, I think I would be good with the mill. Like, I think I'd, because I'd, I think I could turn that mill into something else too. But yeah, I don't know if I would, I would push it twice, especially if I knew who was going to go away. I don't know if I could push it twice. I could take that one random stroke, but not if I knew who it was. No. Because you kind of hold your breath and just close your eyes and hope nothing bad happens from it. <laughs> All right, so. There we go. We all got a million dollars, and Ben might have more than a million. And then JP, the pro tour wouldn't exist. <laughs> I'll just buy it. <laughs> True. True. Well, you could start the live tour, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just take all that money and start pushing it into all these fantastic What would, uh, what would you call it? And, and then I could buy Simon all the people that got off the tour and bring them over to my tour. Oh, that's not a bad idea. But Here's if they the lose question, their disc ability. Oh, the American Disc Golf Tour. No, the the uh, World Disc Golf Tour. Wasn't there already one? Good. There was a what was that called? World. Yeah, it was a World Tour, wasn't it? I don't know. Full throttle extreme tour. <laughs> That's what I'm going. You got to deep. You got to deepen your voice when you say that. Full. Yeah. Full. Yeah. I just 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 go full extreme. Everybody gets two mullies per per tournament, and uh, if you reach a certain incentive, or if like you shoot a hot round or something, you get to instantly just pick somebody, and they don't make the cut. That's cutthroat. Oh. That's my tour. <laughs> Make it the vengeance pick. This is this is I shot a seventeen. Our... I shot a seventeen down. My the person that I'm chasing in front of me. Guess what? Didn't make the cut. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it. Seventeen down. That guy with fifteen down. Mm-mm. Sorry. That tour sounds perfect for full contact putting. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, if you we reach thirty do... seconds, you get to like hit somebody. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
that's my that's my dream league like it's full contact disc golf and it only happens when you reach your time limit so and you get one play or one uh, one random hit around but it's only in the putting circle it's not anywhere else and you just get to come out and over you don't have to announce it or anything just hit them i think it's a good idea mcmahon will buy this um no but the the rock Rock might (laughs) (laughs) so all right what'd you buy thrower hanger flipper i got some stuff i got a lot of stuff (laughs) i bought one thing of course you did jp (laughs) ben why don't you start with your one thing Okay. Uh, it's a good segue yeah. into your multiple things. Uh, I okay. picked up from a member on the Lone Star team, uh, on the Ranger team. Uh, I picked up a Frio, Bravo Frio. Bravo Frio. Uh, it should be oh, here Bravo. On, me, on Friday. It's pink. Ooh. Well, I'll go too because I only have one. I okay. got a Grace. I picked up just a stock run Grace that we just got into the shop. And that's a thrower. I've already thrown it. And I bottom stamped it too. So it's not like, is it a Kristen Tatar one? Or is it just like... No, just a stock run. We do have the Kristen Tatar ones, but we all, we got them on all teal and I I just wasn't feeling the color of them. So I picked up a stock stamp and it was... Do you want me to mustache it? It had some beautiful figuring. (laughs) Yes, as a matter of fact, because I showed Jordan my mustache. Not this one, the one on the bottom of my disc that Ben... Man, I wish I had him in here. I would have showed you. That Ben stamped. I can, I can grab one. Hold <laughs> You know what's funny is I saw Ben. I saw Ben stamp it. Well, and it was funny because I came back and that was the first one I picked up. I turned it over <laughs> and I was like, "What in the world?" And then all of a sudden, I saw him crouched over by his chair with his little thing. Nice. Yes, exactly. So, all right, JP, let's hear. All it. right, do so... we have enough time? Hold on, wait. Do we have enough time in the podcast to hear these or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Okay. Uh, today I got two Frios, an Alpha and a Bravo, and a Lima Nimitz, which I'm excited to try out. Why Lima? Uh, just higher speed, and uh, I wanted it to, I don't know, weak noodle arm, so I okay. could try to get it up to speed a little easier. And then, um, well, what, what night were you doing inventory at DoorDesk? Thursday night because they dropped Friday. Yeah, Thursday night. Oh yeah. So yeah, we were hanging out Thursday, and then I picked out a bunch of the MVP stuff. So I got a Fission Envy, three of the Lazados. <laughs> one was for Dempsey. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. He's like, I'll yeah. take this one, this one, yep. and this one. I was like, wow. And then what else did I get? I got one of the uh, special edition James Conrad um, Zeniths, which is like my new go-to distance driver so pretty hyped on those and the zottle is pretty sweet i did oh i did get a lazado i lied so i did get a lazado and i did buy six time discs yeah, i was just saying i did buy one of every one of the six times. <laughs> <laughs> i only got one thing this week oh i forgot so i got 13 well, I guess... 14 things this week <laughs> technically you oh. got some last week and then sunday started the new week so you could have gotten your one thing this week right yeah. right well yeah <laughs> That's true, but uh, made the store look like it did really well. <laughs> so, um, 
All right, so here's our um, preview. So we got a new pod announcement, new podcast announcement. Announcement. We're going to talk about the media agreement. Um, we're going to talk about the superb owl. Thanks, Ben, for that. Um, <laughs> we'll talk the beyond disc golf, um, and then we'll do a little caddy talk with Ben, and then we will talk about who we think the next million dollar contract is, and then maybe we'll get into Vegas picks too early. I don't think so. We can do it, and then random question by Ben, and then we'll do. Uh, Shop updates. So with that being said, I'll get right into the new podcast. So Bobby Brown, Uncle Cool Daddy Slick Breeze, and I are going to be doing a industry podcast. And we don't have the name exactly, but basically what we're going to do is take some sort of TMZ-ish item that is within disc golf. And we are going to actually contact those individuals directly and see if they want to give us a snippet or um, come onto the shop and defend themselves. And then we will have a good conversation with them. So we are actually going to have good topical banter about exactly what that person is being accused of. So for instance, when Ben <laughs> leaked to the Lone Star that Emerson Keith was going to Lone Star, we would reach out to Emerson Keith and said, hey, you want to talk about it? How does it make you feel? And then we might have reached out to Ben, but probably not. So that's kind of what we're going off of. Um, we don't have a name yet. So if you have some name suggestions, go ahead and put them out there. But um, look forward to that. We are planning on dropping March 7th will be our first recording date. So it'll be dropped there shortly after that. So the week of March 7th is when we will um, have our first episode. And we'll do little snippets on this podcast and on Disc Golf Answer Man. And then uh, I think that's it. That's all I need to say about that. So you want to go start going about the uh, media agreements for... Disc Golf Pro Tour, JP? Indeed, yeah. So we didn't get to it last week because we had Josh on, but there's a major post-production coverage for Disc Golf Pro Tour this coming season. So some of the big things were um, Jomez is continuing their MPO uh, lead card for all Elite, Pro, or Elite, Elite Plus, and Playoffs. And they've also picked up FPO lead card for same thing. So that's big news. Jomez did, you know, I forgot how many years ago, have FPO coverage, dropped it, and now they're picking it back up. Um, GK Pro has dropped off the lead card, obviously. That we'll get to them in a second. Um, Gatekeeper has picked up MPO 2 for Elite, Elite Plus, and Playoffs. Ace Run Productions has picked up Chase Card for FPO, for Elite, Elite Plus, and the Playoffs. And then Central Coast Disc Golf is going to do MPO1 and FPO1 on their channel for all silver events. And then GK Pro is focusing this year on just doing um, their skins, but it's going to be a large event that anybody can go to the at least a day or two before the uh, tour stop. So they're actually going to have larger crowds. Kind of, they did it a couple times last year, kind of, uh, you know, getting, they had to buy tickets for it and had some success with it. I mean, it's not the, it wasn't like the big money skins matches, but like the smaller skins matches that they do at stops. And you had the opportunity to kind of check it out. I think they did Des Moines and a couple other places. So that's kind of cool. Now did gatekeeper get pushed off? No gatekeeper has, uh, MPO chase card GK pro dropped off to focus on skins. And then, yeah. That's and then ACE, pro, ACE run productions is new this year as well. 
Okay, great, great. Because it's it... run productions. What's happened? I was gonna say, I wonder what it would look, what it will look like for Silver events with Ian Anderson and Central Coast, and if he will then be doing live coverage then on DGN. Just my, just my thought. Who knows what that looks like, but interesting to see. Yeah, that is interesting. If he will be brought in to do silver events specifically, and then also do the post production for the silver events as well, doing commentary with Philo or someone. I don't know. I don't mind having him in. I, I think some of the commentary that him and Philo have, I think there's uh, an essence of trying to be too cool. So hopefully it doesn't go that direction. I mean, I, I love Philo, love Ian. Like I love what they do, but that duo, and maybe this is an unpopular opinion is entirely too played out. If that makes any sense to me. I mean, some of the one timers that Philo puts out there and then Ian runs with them. Um, I'm glad they split up Philo and Nate Doss. <laughs> yeah. Cause Nate Doss hangs on those things and just runs. Um, so, you know, I think if they can, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking for. I just, for some reason, it just doesn't appeal to me. I find myself muting competition in the shop because of some of the banter and commentary that's going on there. Like it gets a bit redundant and it gets a bit, uh, like I said, kind of too suave, too cool for school. <laughs> I think it's the comfort, comfort ability of Ian and Philo doing commentary for years for central coast and then bringing them into the booth and they just have that you know they just mesh like that Mm -hmm. and then it's more laid back more easygoing whereas like you throw nate in and you don't really know what he's gonna say sometimes and everybody's like okay i can't believe you just kind of said that or like (laughs) or you know you're just taken aback sometimes by what what comes out of his mouth not like it's bad but you're just like okay that's same thing with like juliana (laughs) yeah yeah Just to echo I, that point, I think it just is kind of like sometimes they don't like they are commentating when it's just like they're commentating for like a group of just their friends and they're not right. like we're not in on the joke all the time. Sometimes not everything is really that funny or relevant, but like they're commenting mm-hmm. to like just their homies. And then when when they kind of lose sight of that. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think that's a very good way to put it. Um I think they'll probably end up moving uh, away from that type of banter, that witty banter. Um, Cause you can see they're bringing in a bit more professional voice um, characters and actors through like the new host of PGGA radio um, upshot, you know, they're bringing him in as well, Charlie Eisenhood. Um, and I think these guys are good. I think they fit a role very well. I don't think they're the bright, individuals that we usually are used to see on commentary, but I think they fit a a live role very, very well. Now post-produce is a whole different story. I love that type of stuff. I love the banter. I love, you know, the Jomez guys. They're they're all fantastic. Like big, sexy, Barry. I mean, I won't complain about that, but the live, I just, I have to mute it. I have to mute it 90% of the time. So but I'm glad. So the media agreements, um, did it give any terms or anything, or is this just for this season, JP? Um, I don't know contract length. I'm guessing it's just the season. I haven't heard anything about how far 
Jomez has signed or any of the other ones. So maybe they're going to renegotiate or maybe GK Pro might decide to all of a sudden come back into the fold of having post-produced. Who knows? Yeah. I think Jomez has lead card for two more years, if I remember rightly, because they paid that 500000 for That's, five yeah. years or was it three years? Okay. So, yeah. So there you go. Um, I hope that it all turns out well and it i could I, I don't know of any reason why it wouldn't and i'm glad mm-hmm. that chomez has fpo lead card yeah and i know i forgot what event it was but uh wasn't it kona and oh it was usw dgc right like kona and page did a commentary for that post-produced so yeah, i think and so. i'm kind of curious if um madison and Erica Stinchcomb will actually end up on Jomez doing two hot geese for them. Honk. Yeah, honk. Who knows? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know if I've really listened to a group or two female commentators that I've been like, this is awesome, but I haven't had any that I'm like, oh, this sucks. Like, I can listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly Finney is one that I sadly say did not enjoy when I've heard her do commentary. <laughs> what did she do commentary few. for? Um, she did some FPO commentary, I think for GK pro once or twice. And then yeah, I was like, eh, okay. Um, I don't remember, or maybe it was gatekeeper. I don't remember who it was, but she does it. Okay. Like yeah. I haven't Owen. really heard. <laughs> Own would be fun. Cause she's so bubbly. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jordan and I were, what was it? Sunset Hills in Ledgestone. And we were, we had just finished or no, we just started and the ladies were just finishing at Sunset Hills and we were just starting as the old guys. And I think we were like six or eight cards deep. I was, I was just getting ready to start. I think Jordan had already started or he was already finished. I can't remember exactly, but own Scoggins, um, I think it came out on commentary or live coverage where she comes running out of the clubhouse, just screaming and yelling like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. It was like the funniest thing in the world. And it was truly just like super funny. She was like trying to congratulate her friend, but she got right in the middle. Like, I think it was Katrina Allen that was putting or something like that. And Katrina Allen had to stop and wait for her to calm down. And then she realized like, Oops, I forgot. I'll turn around and come back. But it was, it was really funny. She was like truly thoroughly excited about her friend doing so well it was i don't remember who it was but it was pretty good so all right well let's talk about the superb owl and see uh what our picks are i don't know if we have to get super in depth with what we think but are we doing eagles or kansas city bang bang bird gang okay so an eagle fan i'm yeah i'm on the eagle train as well you're on the bad magnet as well then yeah. they have one of the easiest schedules in the regular season and faced some of the worst teams in the playoffs. Not only that, but they also lost or they won to a team that dropped like all four of their quarterbacks <laughs> due to injury. Well, yeah, I mean, they took so, out the 49ers quarterback during the game. So that's just part of it. I mean, what that's not their problem that they beat the crap out of them. <laughs> so. But they did have the best offense and defense, I think, is what I heard. 
Um, I'm not confident that Mahomes is still going to be a hundred percent, even though Hertz isn't going to be a hundred percent either. But mm-hmm. I think if they can get to Mahomes early and like knock him around a little bit, just to see how he reacts to that, I mm-hmm. think they have a good shot. All right. What do you think, Ben? Um, Anything other than just that the Eagles are going to win? <laughs> to, to be very transparent, I don't watch uh, a ton of the NFL. Uh, other oh, than that, I just saw, I, I did see a statistic that both teams have the same record and have scored the same number of points. Both have the same number of all pro, pro players, including both teams having a Kelsey brother being an all pro player. So <laughs> seems like it should, you know, let's just, should be a good game. Let's go with that. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, I'll be on the other side. I'm Kansas City. Um, I think the familiarity with the the big game is going to help them. And but Philly, you never know, man. They're scrappy. Like, and it's it's not the team. It's just Philly itself. The Eagles and Philadelphia. They have another level when they get to that. So, who knows what that's going to do? But um, let's see. So I think uh, I'll go with KC, and you guys got Eagles. Should we put something on it or <laughs> JP has to not buy a disc for one week. Easy. Okay. <laughs> Easy. Yeah, right. He's gonna be sitting in the corner shaking, like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, I'm excited. I'm more excited about the commercials, just like everybody else in the United States, except for maybe like seven people. Um, so but I don't I don't usually watch the Super Bowl as as it is. I just wait for the recaps on YouTube to come out. <laughs> and then you can watch them all at once there. Oh. All right. YouTube and Jomez have dropped Beyond Disc Golf with Simon Lazat. What do you guys think of it? Ben, you can go. Okay. Uh I, I thought it was a, a really nice breath of kind of fresh air into the off season. Um, JP and I both watched the on tour uh, series that we both, I thought it was pretty good. I know we both kind of had kind of similar thoughts of what we liked and what we didn't like. Um, and it seems like mm-hmm. we're on the same page again with, with beyond disc golf, that it's just something, something different. I think over the last kind of couple of years, we've just seen as far as off season content, you know, podcasts and, and the putting game and just kind of more, playing if you will or practice rounds or it's people trying out discs or it's i switch manufacturers i'm gonna throw all these discs and tell you what i like and what i don't like and this has just been something a lot different um if you haven't watched it yet it's basically simon lazat working his way around the country uh and finding kind of i guess what i'll say is for like what makes disc golf tick or what makes these people special or what like the people find, with find the heartbeat. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. In the first episode, he was not too far from his house. He was up in Vermont, and he met with a guy who owns a brewery and built a disc golf course on his property and hosts people out for uh, a bi-weekly league called The Money Game that's invite-only. Um, and it's just people that have been playing it for years, including Jeff Spring, CEO of the Pro Tour, and then mm-hmm. people just have, have dinner. So it was just... It's really cool to see, um, you know, people in different clubs and what they're doing and just, you know, see different parts of of disc golf that we don't necessarily see and more or less kind of the common man, I think, is what I've seen through the first two episodes. It's just like 
you know, we see so much of the pro tours, so much of the pros, but really AMs and just people in general just playing casually are really what make up the sport and what make the sport mm-hmm. go. Do you think the money game would have been featured if it wasn't for Jeff Spring? Yes. Right. Okay. Um, just solely because like what he throughout the episode, I think his name was Matt. He had just been talking about how mm-hmm. like all the people he met and people that worked for him at the brewery and people that are like his really good friends are all part of this money game. So I think that that mm-hmm. was kind of like one of the big pieces to it. Cause he just talked about how he like posted on like Facebook that he was having this, this tournament and then like it kind of grew and more people showed up and then it's just kind of become this group. Yeah. Well, and he cooks dinner, he does all that stuff. There's beer at like three different holes on the course that they can re re uh, stock up with. I mean, it seemed phenomenal. It seemed, it was honestly something I watched and it, it, um, almost reinvigorated me and not that I was down on disc golf, but it kind of re-enthused me. It re-excited me. It re like relit a fire about doing things and being places and encouraging disc golf. And so, yeah, I, I, I really thoroughly enjoyed that first episode. I think it's just cool seeing what, because we know how far disc golf reaches, but just what other clubs and other people are doing around the country that we have no idea about. You're like, oh yeah, this is this league goes on, this goes on, but it's like, yeah, like the relationships, like Ben had mentioned, you know, the guys at the brewery, and then he brought on the caretakers, and you know, one day he hopes to pass down the mat, uh, the owner of the brewery hopes to pass down the house and the course, and you know, just have that tradition carry on and carry on, mm-hmm. and I think that's super cool. First two, yeah, stops. I don't know if it was hopes. I think I was... it was more if he just dies. <laughs> well, yeah, right, but like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I mean, yeah. someone like if you know, eventually, like if the next guy dies, like it'll get passed mm-hmm. down. Like you know, if there's, you could continue on. Yeah, I, I liked that say, succession story. I was gonna say the first two episodes just unbelievably beautiful scenery in Lake Tahoe and Vermont, mm-hmm. just incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and kudos to Simon for being able to get around and do these things, and as a host and a personality. I don't know if there is a better person that could have fit that role more fluidly, in my humble opinion. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how he was able to do it. I don't don't know the amount of time in which it was shot, but, you know, having a kid, getting married, and then, you know, being on the pro tour, it's like, how do you, how are you able to travel between all these different places and have Jomez come with you and right. shoot it, right? Right. But it's really kind of nice, like the side vignettes you get of him talking to the people and then him in his car like okay setting up the situation where he's like okay i'm going here for the weekend and this is Mm -hmm. what's going on and you know it's just that side of simon the genuine authentic side that you get of just his thoughts and personality coming through which is super cool yeah yeah it's awesome so i'm excited i haven't watched the second episode yet but i am super excited about it i'm i'm a jomez patron um so I think we get them like two or three days early. So I think the third episode we actually already have. So I'm going to probably jump on there tonight and that'll be my wind down time after we get off this um, thing. So um, I'm excited to watch them. And I think it's something that disc golf needs. I think it's like, you know, like Ben had alluded to with the Holy shot. Like, I feel like that was a disc golf documentary that was 
what I was hoping the fierce documentary was. And I think this even more so, I think it's something that brings light to disc golf and it doesn't bring light to these shining stars of competition that are fairly unobtainable, basically by 99% of the population that play disc golf that throw discs. It's something that it shows like, these are the, the guys outside your back door, your neighbors, your, you know, guy across the street or the dude across town that has some acreage that just wants to do some stuff. It kind of brings light to the people that make the sport tick or the heartbeat, you know? So <clears throat> I'm really happy about it. Beyond coverage too. I think it's a good people thing to show other people outside of disc golf that you want to get in. It's, mm -hmm. it's something that might pique their interest. Right. Right. Yeah, so I give it a five stars. It's a tan. It's a special edition Lozado. <laughs> yes, exactly. But all of them shipped at once. <clears throat> all of them shipped at once instead of splitting up orders. <laughs> all right, Ben, let's hear this caddy talk, man. Um, yeah, so it must have been last week. I was texting JP about it a little bit, but somebody asked for like their hot disc golf takes on Twitter. And, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I have a precedent of just dropping things on Twitter. No regard for anything. No, not at all. I've never um, heard of that before. <laughs> well, my hot take was I think that on the pro tour, every caddy should be uh, a certified official. That's my, that's my hot take. Um, I think there's a couple of different reasons for it. I think it's just the big one is that it just, like, brings a level of professionalism to caddies. Um, I've personally like understand like, you know, we've seen it at, at like the local level, like a B tier or C tier or whatever. It's maybe it's just your buddy, your girlfriend, your wife, your boyfriend, whomever mm -hmm. is on your bag. Not a big deal, but like, like Brody, everybody, all these people that are just dropping whatever their views are, the pro tours, like we got to perfect, we got to keep pushing to professionalize it and to mainstream it and to like get it to X, Y, and Z where we need to go. Like, I think a good first step is like formalizing and professionalizing like caddies. Um, mm -hmm. Cause right now, like there's just like, just people just jumping out of the crowd, just like asking like people, that they can caddy for them like just local like mm -hmm. in the on tour documentary somebody that was just a fan who bought passes asked maddie o if he could caddy for him and maddie o of course is maddie o and he's just like sure man you know and whatever <laughs> like, like i don't exactly like to me that's just like not like doesn't get us anywhere if we're just grim happy gilmoreing this <laughs> and it's just <laughs> <laughs> and then the, but then i think like the the biggest thing is is that when we're if that happens right where we're having like these these happy gilmore moments of like people just coming out potentially there could be a misplay by somebody's caddy and you are technically like every caddy is technically an extension of the of your responsibility yes but that could stir up some drama i think the example i used with with, with jp is like a, a in an eager fan that's just happy to be there or like is, you know, getting in the way of something or like pick something up that they're not supposed to, or like, you know, whatever, or picks up a disc that they think is out of bounds for somebody, but it's still technically in bounds or it's not marked or whatever the case yeah, may what be. If, uh, 
What if somebody picks up uh, Albert Tam's cookie? Isn't it Albert Tam that marks with a cookie? Marweed. <laughs> Marweed, Andrew Marweed. What if someone yeah. picks up Andrew Marweed's cookie and eats it? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like, I think it's just, like, if something happens, yes, they are technically an extension of that player. Mm-hmm. But there would still be just an uproar. Like, you know, whatever mm-hmm. happens. Like, the leader, if it was the leader and their dumb caddy did something, uh you know obviously like yeah if you're like the player like there is like an expectation that you tell this person like don't do anything i right. tell you but again like you know it's just one of those things where you grab somebody from the fan and you're playing with fire um so i went back and forth with this person for a little bit and they were just and i was like well all caddies on the pga tour have to be registered and certified and they were like well mm-hmm. they don't have to take a rules test it's like a disc golf and i was like yeah, but disc golf, this is the closest thing we have to, like, certifying somebody of something. Like, on the PGA Tour, all the caddies have to be vetted and registered by the PGA. And, like, they have to credential them for each individual tour stop. So, like, they already know who these caddies are. These caddies from the PGA Tour have been caddying for multiple people or for multiple years. Or most of the time, they're already PGA members where they already have to take certification tests. So... That that's kind of a long-winded uh, route there, but I'll open it up to you guys. No, I, I like that, you know, and I think it's relevant to the PDGA rules update that just happened, um, where they changed the caddy rules from for all but pro tier and elite events that you can have a child caddy for you as long as it's your child. Now, so they have defined that they have changed that. So, um, because if it's under your supervision, that's fine. You know, I, so for me, you know, I don't know if there's a strong argument in my humble opinion to have a certified rules official as a caddy, because the way the rules are structured at this present moment it doesn't matter what the caddy has to say anyways, even if they are certified rules official, it's up to the players. If there is a change in that, I think it is important for the caddies to have a rules official. So, and then we make the comparison to PGA quite often and the PGA is caddies on the PGA or PGA are just a million times different than what we expect out of a caddy from the PDGA. So in disc golf, our caddies are there to hold our bags, give us a drink when we want to, and lighten up the mood. In the PGA, caddies are paid to know absolutely everything about your game, your clubs, your distances, what the course looks like, where the divots are, where the drains are, where the cart paths are, what the carry is, what the wind does. The knowledge that caddies have to have in PGA is a way different from what the expectation currently is with the PDGA. So I don't know if I really have a strong inkling to say that I agree with you, but um, with the way the current rules are established, that's my take. What do you think, JP? No, when Ben and I were talking, it makes sense to, I think, because we said anybody that's on an elite card or major card probably should have a good idea of what the rules are even if those caddies aren't there to make decisions on anything because i mean they shouldn't they should still understand the rules of like oh they can't this huh 
They can't. That's what I said. Yeah, you said they shouldn't. No, they can't. Well, they can't or they shouldn't. They shouldn't get involved in decision making. Right. But they should still understand a situation that they're in. And if they're supposed to be an extension and help the player, then maybe they can guide the player with advice on, okay, Mm -hmm. this happened. Um, Here's what I think. And then they can like converse. And then like that player, they like go about, you know, giving advice to whatever the rules infraction is or whatever the ruling is. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It just, to me, having as many people know the rules on a card that maybe someone may or may not know is better than having one person on the card not know and having to explain to them. I would agree on the card. Um, but the caddy's not on the card. So but they're I think, with the player. Well, yeah, so they're so, trapped. They're going with the player. Yeah, so is the media. But they're not, technically, they're not they're outside of the field of play. Media's not. So the people with the cameras that are in their hands, they're right with the players, right in the course. So, but I, nevertheless, the media and a caddy, they're not a comparable thing. So I'll, no, I'll digress on that. With caddies and the current way the rules are set up, it doesn't matter. I'll agree with you that to have someone that's knowledgeable about the game and the rules can be a good person to consult with. And ultimately caddies, that's exactly where we should be going. So I agree with you in essence, um, or yeah, in essence, I agree with you. I think it's a completely valid idea if the game progresses to that, as far as how we police the, the game, because I think that makes a lot of sense. And if disc golfers, want the most out of their game, the best idea is to get the most knowledgeable disc golfer or caddy they can about disc golf, right? But as a mandate at this point, I don't know. I I wouldn't say yes. I don't know if I would. I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed. I wouldn't be mad if that happened. But in the same regard, like if I would want, I don't know, like JP, if you came out and caddied for me, I would be super happy about that, but you're not a rules official right now, right? No. Yeah. Ben, are yeah. you a rules official? I have to be. I'm a TD. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Considering we're doing a tournament together. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think my main point is, is that I think like for me, it's maybe just a personal like opinion, but it's just like, what is the point mm-hmm. of some of these people carrying their bags? They just make these this golfers look like prima donnas, like they can't carry their own bag or they can't pull their own cart. Mm-hmm. You just want your friend or your girlfriend or whoever they're with you. They're providing no value. JP and I talked about this too. That there's so many times where we've seen somebody's girlfriend just on their on her phone. She's not even watching the round. Mm-hmm. She's literally just there, just so she's like doesn't have to walk amongst the crowd or whatever. And doesn't hey, care. social media is very important, Ben. Come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's just like we can't. Like, it feels so counter in counterintuitive to me if we're trying to progress the sport to a, a level of true professionalism, and we've got someone doing TikTok dances while carrying a grip six bag, not paying attention to what's happening. Like, yeah, what's the difference of, between having her 
on the bag or walking with the crowd. Like there's, you know, yeah, maybe there's, you want that person close to you. Like they're your, you know, like your, what is it? Their totem or whatever, you know, like if they're a special thing to have with them, but you can see them like 10 feet away because they're just across that yellow line or yellow rope. I don't know. It's like, like them. <laughs> I won't bring the comparison up. I don't know if it's appropriate. Um, oh, it's like juice box. You know, like there are people that serve a purpose. It may not be a great purpose, but if you get me a juice box, I'm happy. Do you remember that movie with Will Ferrell and uh... kicking and screaming? Kicking and screaming. Oh, okay. <laughs> the soccer movie. Yeah. Was it a D- Dick Buckkiss or something like that? My Dicka. No, it was Dicka. My Dicka. My Dicka. That's who it was. It yeah. was Dicka. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I agree with you, Ben. Like I do in principle, I agree with you. I, I think the more the merrier that understand the sport that can help. But at the present moment, like you can consult identified rules officials that TDs market. So it has to be staff that's recognized at that tournament and identified but just a random turn, I mean, a rules official, they have no say in anything. So they can't make any decisions. Yeah, sure, you can have conversations with anybody you want to have conversations with that'll help you. And I think that's where being a you know, rules official, like you said, in essence, we want to elevate the game to a more professional level, which I don't know if that's truly what the majority of disc golfers want. But on the PD, on the pro tour, I think that's where it should be going. Um, well, I was just I specifically talking about the tour. I wasn't talking about just the tour, like, yeah. just the tour. Yeah. I wasn't talking about any yeah. local ABC or whatever. Yeah. And I think with the regulation that we're seeing with caddies and how tight they're getting with stuff. I mean, I think you looked over the rules at Vegas, like they're getting pretty tight with caddies now. Like caddies aren't just anybody you hand a badge to. You have to register that individual person. They can't pass it off. So I, I think they're going that direction. I really do. Um, like I said, just to be a naysayer, that's kind of where I'm going that direction. I would love to see it happen. I, mean, I think selfish- it would be only good. I mean, selfishly, I feel like I could, you know, I've seen enough of these dudes play over the last like five years that I think if I'm in the place of someone's girlfriend, I think that they, they could climb up three or four slots potentially make a cut, potentially get higher up the cash line. If, you know, their caddy's not doing TikTok dances and uh, Snapchatting and Instagramming and saying, hey, let's not throw a forehand here. Let's lay up with a nice little backhand. Yeah. Well, if, if disc golf caddies actually took the time to walk courses, look at the danger, look at the hazards, look at your landing points look at distances um you know find find markers out on the course that can tell you okay that tree right there is 400 feet away you want to be just past that or hey that green just as you get over that edge there's a rock wall if you go off that rock wall the likelihood of roll away is gonna you know i mean there's so many things a caddy could do not only that learning the courses that you're playing but if they know the bag you throw, they know the discs you throw, they know how far you throw them, they could recommend like pull the gator out of your bag. Or we're going into Vegas, only bring, you know, rescue mids. You don't need a mid. Like, you know, like just 
things like that that they can truly help with, it's only going to be better. Um, but I think there's also a right now at the top level, I think there's a bit of an ego thing that I know my discs best. Nobody can help me. And who's going to pay someone that much other than three people in the sport have that type of money, right? Yuli has a full-time I mean, caddy. A pay a... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the gentleman that always walks with him, huh? Is that like a family friend or does he actually pay him? No, he actually pays him and he fined him or like yelled at him one week because he said that he was parked on a hole and it turns out that he was outside of the circle. And he said, don't ever tell me I'm parked again until we get up onto the green. Dang you, Lee, take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) You respect your elders. Come on. That's pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool. Um, I would like to see more people do that. That'd be cool. And, you know, like Paul had um, that guy come over from Europe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I think Brody actually used the same caddy um, that he had at, <clears throat> excuse me, at DDO mm-hmm. for Worlds. I think he went back there and used the same guy. So it's yeah. kind of cool to see recurring people or, you know, you get to a certain tour stop and pick the same person or give them a call or whatever and just be like, hey, interested. You did for me last time. Right, right. Oh, well, I like it, Ben. I like the caddy talk, man. I think that's awesome. And I think if the sport progresses that way, it's only good for it. My humble opinion, is the sport ready for it? No, but it should be. Well, if you don't see me at the table, listeners, it means I'm caddying for somebody at LVC. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little sign. Be back soon. (laughs) Sorry, caddying. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So the next million dollar contract, who do you think it's going to be? And we'll start with Ben. How about that? Um, there's a couple <laughs> that come to mind. I, I mean, I, do, I could see it being Gannon and I could see it being Gannon at um, like X amount of million, but longer in length, not with Prodigy. I think he signs like maybe a one or two more uh, with Prodigy. And then I think he gets... Because he's so young, I think he could get, like, let's just throw out, like, eight years, but, like, two million. So, like, I think it, I don't know mm-hmm. if it's, like, a million per, but I could see, like, a million dollar dollar amount with Gannon, like, guaranteed, but over a longer period of time. Not so much, like, the short, like, the quick million dollar hits, like, you know, like we just recently saw. Um mm-hmm. But I also... You argued with me on last week's podcast, or two weeks ago, by the way. <laughs> sounds, sounds right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know. I think I mean, I mean, think somebody is going to pay Gannon in a few years. I, it's definitely mm-hmm. not going to be Prodigy, but I think somebody will pay him that amount of money. Um, the other one is, again, down, this is down the line. I think, you know, Calvin's in that boat of could but i but it's not gonna be with innova because we're never gonna know how much money it's actually worth <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah this is, yeah it'll be disc mania and it'll be burr you're that's pretty my set on oh, oh man hold on hold on it's gonna be disc mania but it's gonna be eagle that's exactly it when i said disc mania it made me think it's gonna be eagle because his extension comes up this coming year, so does Burr's. Mm-hmm. So it's basically whose is announced first and which company is it going to be. 
Um, Prodigy's definitely not dropping a mill on Ganon. Um, first of all, I don't think they have the resources to do so. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Discmania, they need to hold their franchise player. And the only person that is moving the dollar signs on their roster right now is Eagle. So and they also just added Ratana to their lineup, his his uh, yes. lady companion. I did see that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got to keep them happy. Yep. All right. Um. Oh, go ahead, JP. Who's who? Do you think? Yeah, I think Burr and uh, Eagle for sure. Um, I mean, I don't know if someone like Aaron Gossage, where he's young enough to where he could. Uh, tie him up long term and then fpo i think Kristen eventually might get that kind of money as an extension from lat 64 just because of what she's been able to do mm-hmm. and beyond that i don't know i mean Paige is already probably a mill right mill year somewhere around there yeah who knows so i don't fpo wise i don't know who else could command that right now maybe if valerie van amanda hano gets you know hot in the next couple of years, she could do that. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> She's going to have to have a big comeback here to justify her contract. She has now. <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to ask who's going to be the next 500,000 for the women. Cause that's kind of going right, right now for the highest paid uh, that we know of the highest publicly paid women. Um, I I don't know. I, Ella Hansen is probably the closest, in my opinion. I don't know if it's through Discmania, but I think Ella Hansen will probably be one of the next higher paid individuals once her, if she brings her stock up this season. Yeah. Um, if she starts winning a few, pulling a few down, which, you know, she's the distance world distance record now holder. And from what I understand, she's been working on her putt and she has a phenomenal putt now, so we'll see. I think Haley could be up there. I mean, if Haley does a full tour and again, like gets back to where she needs to be, and does a full tour and just plays really well, she's a major champion now. I think she could be in that mix as well. Yeah, but there's obviously conditions yeah. oh, to that. Yeah, and speaking of Kona, Kona said something about her thyroid or something like that. She's having some issues with. Yeah, I think she was supposed to get it looked at either today or tomorrow. And uh, I don't know, she said she was going through a lot of stress and she was worried that it could be cancerous, but they're not going to find out until they have the biopsy. So wish her luck. Is stress a cause of cancer now? No, but she's stressed out over it. Oh, she's That it could be cancerous. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. like, she was... dang, that's causing cancer now too. <laughs> <laughs> I am screwed. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, all right, Ben, you got any? Or did you already give us one? Uh, Haley was my FPO, oh, Haley, and then right. Gannon and Calvin. Okay. All right. So with these million-dollar and half-million-dollar contracts, do you think that there will be a manufacturer – or a whoever the sponsor or endorser is, do you think that they are going to get ahead of the 
<laughs> leaky leakers and actually purposefully leak stuff out. Um, kind of how professional sports all over the world do or any U.S. sport. I mean, these these contracts contracts get leaked all the time and purposefully and they manage the leaks. They give the information to the people so they can actually get ahead of it and manage what's what the narrative is. Do you think disc golf companies are going to become that suave and savvy? No. <laughs> I think there's just too many there's just too many moving parts. Everybody in the pro tour right now is just too chummy with each other. So there's mm-hmm. just always people too many people in the know, and I think part of it is is that uh, when people do switch bags or people are doing things for some reason, they find themselves out in the open at fields or courses or whatever with this new bag and people are seeing that and it's getting out there. I think there, there's a way that they can control a slow leak, maybe throw a little flex seal on it, but it's never going to be perfect where they can, you know, do it on their own. I think there's just too many moving parts and I think people just need to like stop hanging out with each other for a bit. If you're going to switch bags, isolate yourself. <laughs> All right. What do you think, JP? You have an opinion on it? Yeah. I th- well, the crazy thing is a lot, like a lot of these signings are happening really early in the tour. You know, you, I think the Calvin deal that when he signed extensions in Kyle Klein's, those happened in August and we didn't hear until, until almost, you know, later in the year or whatever. Simon, Simon signed an extension in April. We didn't hear about it. Well, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it doesn't seem like companies want to control it. Like they really could care less if it gets out. And they don't, I mean, if they were to get ahead of it, they wouldn't even probably care if it was them or not. So, or maybe they just, they're like, hey, put this out there and then get it to Drew. And then we can just have a big, <laughs> you know, big party on reddit and see what happens <laughs> i mean josh see, said it himself I, that he didn't care like he was like oh this sucks but good for us people are talking about us yeah and then he said he could spin it how he wanted to spin it after all this information leaked mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and i think they do care you know josh definitely gave us a level of frustration i mean he said there was a level of frustration there but then he just said get over it it's done let's move on from it if he could have controlled that narrative better, I don't know if there would have been any more positive to come out of it. Um, and I don't think there was any negative to come out of it. And I think the same thing with Drew and Simon, you know, other than from what I understand, Simon texting Drew and then Drew being like, I'm going to share this without asking. I don't think there's anything done wrong with it. And I know Drew goes on, <laughs> I love Twitter. Um, Drew goes on to defend himself being like, hey, everybody does it. Um, I agree with him. I don't care. I I don't think any of that information is, if it gets to people, then it sh- it's not secret. They didn't do a good enough job. You know, they're not, they're not holding their cards close enough to their chest. Like you said, Ben, you need to go isolate yourself, go up into the mountains and just, <laughs> don't talk to anybody for a couple of weeks until your announcement comes out. Um, I think it would be smart for manufacturers to start looking forward into controlling that narrative and controlling the leaks. 
but I, I agree with you, Ben. I don't think they're suave enough. I don't think there's enough in the marketing department to be able to actually do that. There are very few companies out there that could probably do it. And I don't know if, I don't know if they would want to. I think it's just going to be a matter of when companies start structuring the times of their deals differently. And then we can expect Mm -hmm. a true, um, you know, a true signing period, kind of like soccer has their, you know, their two transfer windows. So, you know, we always in the soccer world, you always know what's going to go down and something big is going to happen. Um, I forgot mm-hmm. where I saw the interview that somebody suggested doing October to October, which would make sense. Um, Cause then we know that, you know, shortly after October and right after the, you know, the pro tour championship, we could start seeing some movement. So can the PDGA or the pro tour actually make that as part of a tour or a card carrying professional? Do you think they could regulate that by saying, if you're going to carry a tour card, your contracts are going to go from October to October? No, because their contracts aren't with the pro tour. They just have the card. Well, but as part of the card, could they make that? No, I don't think so. I think think it'd be unreasonable. I mean, it's just like the... The Pro Tour doesn't really do a whole lot with the manufacturers outside of them ad- like advertising and trade of just like, please put our Pro Tour stamp on these discs and then we'll give you some advertising or you're going to pay us for advertising. Mm-hmm. I don't think that right. they really have really any jurisdiction over anything, just like no manufacturer really has any jurisdiction over the decision-making of the Pro Tour. I think mm-hmm. it just is going to come down to the manufacturer's deciding that this is probably in their best interest in that mm-hmm. you know if i was a manufacturer i'd want to do october to october because then if you get a big signing you can still get somebody while a majority of the country is still playing disc golf to drop a, a, a new release like in november right before mm-hmm. people you know take a break but that's just me right yeah I think it'd be interesting if they could build in some sort of transfer window, like you said, or a um, contracts window into the Pro Tour, where if there are any contracts being made that they have to be released at this time. And I know it's not possible comparing a team sport that their teams belong to a league and comparing it to disc golf. You can't. And that's, I mean, it's like trying to do the same thing with golf. It's just not possible. So I'd like to see it. I think it'd be fun. I'd bring a level of drama and excitement to the, and a little more showmanship to the PDGA, but I don't think it's possible. I mean, I'd love to see it though. Maybe we need to put a bug in Jeff Spring's ear. (laughs) MVP gets hit with the financial fair play. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Kangaroo court you go. <laughs> so, all right, Ben, we're going to skip Vegas picks because we still got another week to do those. Um, plus, we need to see who's actually going to be hurt and not hurt and all that stuff. So, and we are running up on almost an hour, over an hour. So, um, let's go ahead and get into our random question and I'll give some shop updates. So, red, blue, or blue, red, 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 red,
Last last I'll time you, you pick took the red solely, pill JP. and you went to last time you picked the red pill and went to jail. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> All right, we'll we'll go blue this time. All right. Okay. Uh, you're blue. He just totally guided your question, by the way. No, but <laughs> or guided the decision. Yeah. Yeah, guided. <laughs> okay. That's the blue fine. pill is Whatever. a little bit, a little bit less intense. No one's going to jail. What okay. is one piece, or what are pieces? We can do. You can do multiple of media. So YouTube, TV, music, movies that your because you guys have kids that your kids have watched that has now become like a guilty pleasure or that you have found to enjoy. Oh, yeah. That you might have yeah. just been like originally thought this is stupid and then you're like, "Ah, okay. I see the <laughs> I see this now." There's too many. I hate to say it. <laughs> um so I don't think this is too outlandish, but when the movie Frozen came out, that was uh, when my daughter was, I don't know, maybe three or four. Um, she was pretty young. And and that craze went over to the United States and every social media platform that they could have been. I don't know how many times I watched that by myself. <laughs> like the kids, the kids would start watching it and they would leave the room or go somewhere or go to bed. I'd continue it <laughs> and I'd finish it. <laughs> so I'd have to say Frozen is one of the most recent or Big Hero 6 was another one that they Big loved Hero it. Big Hero 6 is a good movie. <laughs> oh man, but I watched it so many times. So those are my two. Yeah, let's see. Gotta say probably Encanto is a one. <laughs> a good one too. Yeah, and especially like they have the sing-along edition, so they have all the words on the screen as they have all the songs come out. I wasn't like big into um, Dude Perfect right away when Dempsey would start watching it on YouTube, but like they've grown on me. I just thought they were kind of annoying at first, like all the different personalities. And I was like, no, there's some funny stuff here. Um, yeah, that's funny. Dude Perfect, like I, I used to watch them back in college. Eh, maybe it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else. Oh, who's it? Preston? Oh. I forgot what his name is. But he's like this... Um, he was a streamer. He'd stream Minecraft and some other games. But then he started getting into doing... Um, like I don't know if it's like treasure hunts or all these other weird things. Like He has a warehouse, kind of like Dude Perfect does. But they just do wacky stuff inside. It's like okay this is kind of like gimmicky and like weird not like but then like you see him do some funny stuff and you're like I can't help but laugh but he hasn't watched that in a while either <laughs> i depressed and i want to like slam my head against the wall <laughs> i don't know what it is about him um that's how i discovered mr beast okay it was through my kids so and i'm a huge fan of mr beast now like huge fan of mr beast um yeah so i think those are mine Nice. Uh, mine, quick, I don't have kids, but uh, my wife, uh, she's a big fan of Dancing with the Stars, and I am just a junkie for all things reality competition. And at first, I was like, eh. And then, like, as she progressed to keep watching it, then I, like, got sucked in and, like, oh, I know this celebrity. That was awful. 
and just like having like, like you know you just had like with that you just have like those little commentaries of just like oh that was cool or that sucked and then now it's like no, I'm just like engaged or just like invested did you guys watch um was it mass singer yes yeah my did, yeah. my dad loves that that was another one that i got that i got sucked into same type of thing where it's just like this is dumb like when you first watch it and then same thing you get sucked in trying to figure out who everybody is our three-year-old lulu every time like towards the end when like the celebrities you know get revealed she's like take it off take it off <laughs> like we're just talking about the helmet right <laughs> yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah gronk was on that one i remember mm-hmm. he was pretty easy to figure out though oh. all right anything else to that question there ben no that's it just pretty uh pretty low-key so expect something crazy uh for next round <laughs> he's gonna double up on the craziness red or blue uh-huh. it doesn't matter yeah. He's not really going to have two questions. It's just going to be one. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever, did you say you had a random question, Shane? Well, that was my million dollar button. Oh, okay. Got it. It was, was kind of, I usually try to do something more thought provoking in the beginning, but I like the million dollar button. I was watching a, <laughs> it was like a YouTube short and that came up, but it was more just like a million dollars and a random person dies. And I was like, holy moly. <laughs> So I don't think I'll take it that far. How about you just lose your disc golfing ability? So, all right. So we will. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So with the shop updates, doordisc.com is where you can find these things. Um, Clash discs will be coming soon. So Ben and I will be putting together an order for uh, Clash at the Creek here in Green Bay. Um, And we will be purchasing a lot of Clash discs. So um, good portion of that will be going into the shop as well. And the rest of it will be used for player packs. Um, we have a huge Lone Star disc order coming in as well. Uh, the six time Macbeth stuff is actually almost gone. Um, so if you get on there, there are still a few on, but believe it or not, the Lunas just simply aren't moving. Um, so if you want a Luna, get a Luna. Um, the Lozados, they're out. We do have only four more coming in as our split order. Um, I don't know why they didn't just throw the four on there. That's not a lot. Um, but the uh, Lozados, we will have four more coming in pretty soon. And JP, you've hit your limit already. Can't buy any more. Um, <laughs> yeah, half the, half the stock is Grace. on this podcast. <laughs> I only had one. Oh, you, did you get one too, Ben? No, I was going to go online oh. and get one like with the rest of the masses, but got beat on this one. Happens yeah, sometimes. they the Lozados went quick. Um, I mean, we had some huge orders for the six times as well, and I thought I only had six, but I actually had twelve of each. Um, so, but yeah, they went really quick. Um, I I was laying in bed and I had to silence my phone because it was just like the Shopify thing. Like change, change. I was like, stop. Actually, I wasn't saying stop. I was like, please keep it coming. <laughs> and then, um, so the last one is Graces. Graces are on the site. So we got to restock the Graces. So we do have the Tatar um, World Champ signature Graces, and we have stock stamped Graces. So um, get on in there. I put them both on the feature page. So as soon as you pull up the site, um, there it is. And then I actually officially made the move to 
move our website over to a um, more product-centric website. So you'll see some improvements on the website coming here pretty soon. Um, I was told within 30 days the site will be done. I gave up because I suck at it, and um, that's not my forte. So I did find somebody, a professional, that is going to migrate our site over to a new theme. Um, I know it would be product-centric. So um, keep an eye on that. And Still Easter outside eggs. of that, um, still Easter eggs, yeah. Oh, see? Good paying attention. Um, if you jump on DoorDish.com, every week I add an Easter egg to the site. And an Easter egg is just a super cheap disc. They're always premium plastic. Um, and I think the most expensive one that I put out there so far is $2.99. And when I put them up, I'll throw something on Instagram, which is door underscore disc underscore golf. It'll be either on our stories or in the feed. Um, and I'll just say, hey, happy hunting. It's Easter egg hunting time. And uh, there'll be that 2 or $3 disc or $1 disc or $0.01 cent disc. I don't know. I'll play fun, and I'll just throw something up there. And you just got to go search our website. So found people a are getting pretty savvy. They're finding them pretty quick. You did? I found a couple of them that were sold out. So Yep. Yep. Um, I have now found a way that they are not searchable by price. So you'll actually have to add them to your cart before you will see the price. So they're going to get a little bit harder here coming pretty soon. So, But we have pushed out three of them, and they have got their discs. So I'm pretty happy about it. Um, one was a Captain's Raptor. The other was a five-time Paul McBeth ESP Buzz. What was the wasp. third one? A Wasp. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, it was a Wasp. So there you go. Way to keep up on it, Ben. Um, all right. I think outside of that, um, the only thing we need to know is WTF on the OF. <laughs> We're switching it up to Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So apparently OF is a little too risque. <laughs> I have heard the tone only it down. friends on Patreon. Only friends of the oh, yeah? podcast. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we'll probably still do disc golf only fans on patreon but we'll just do disc golf of or maybe night owls of yeah on patreon i don't know we'll come up with an inventive name or maybe we'll do toys for discs or toes for discs (laughs) (laughs) how about that one (laughs) i don't want other people's toe picks for our discs that's what i don't want but yeah. yeah. Well, you also the entire episode would just be him listing what he bought if he had toe pick money. Right. <laughs> that is the perfect first episode. Is JP listing what he would get if he had toe pick money? <laughs> so what we'll do is I will personally do research and figuring out what the average foot pick model gets a month. And then you have to spend that accordingly. Oh my god! I think it's gonna be our first one. Make sure you do that in your own money. home, so people don't like find yeah. you looking at toe pick money. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! 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 We're, I'm gonna. It's just sure the money I'm... that I'm looking at. I'm not looking. <laughs> so this is not an appropriate search at the front desk at the motel. No. <laughs> I mean, it's your business, but if you want to lose I'll business, not, yeah. I mean, hey. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. 
Maybe I'll do it on my phone. I don't know. You know what's weird is when you're searching something on your phone while you're in your car. I was scrolling through like Facebook or something like that. And I got really self-conscious. No, it wasn't Facebook. It was Instagram. I was kind of th- rolling through the reads, the reels, reads, cheese, reels. And I got really self-conscious because I was outside church waiting for my daughter to come out of confirmation class. <laughs> and the lady next to her were doing the same thing. We all know each other, of course. And I'm like flicking through reels. And as reels, you know, you get the girls that dance and you got, you know, whatever it is. And there was even this disc golf girl that was like in a bikini the other day. So I'm like searching through these things. No, no, she was playing disc golf in a bikini. I don't remember who it was. Um, But it was just like, and it wasn't anything like lewd or indecent, but I just feel wrong, especially sitting. (laughs) So I'm like trying to like go through these things quick and hoping the lady's not looking at my window. (laughs) Yeah, you guys give give each other that awkward stare through like the windows, like a little side eye. Like, what are you looking at? And she's like, what are you looking at? And then like you quickly look down and you're like, are we going to get out of here? I wasn't looking at anything, I swear. So, yeah. So please stop doing those on my reels. Like, I don't know how they come up on my reels, but, and it was a door disc golf reels. Like, it's not even my personal reels. It was door disc golf reels. I just like, every time I see a disc golf, I just like, like, like. Um, All right. So outside of that, we will be seeing you and listening and hearing, you know, hearing what we'll be seeing you and giving you audio here next week. So we will continue. And I will start my road trip to Vegas Monday. And then I will be gone for two weeks. Ben is going to join me next Wednesday. We're going to try to do this remotely as well. So um, episodes should not stop like they did last year. So outside of that, anything else, fellas? Um, Just remember to like, subscribe, and share whenever possible with the podcast or the YouTube channel. And leave a review on your favorite podcasting app. Mm -hmm. Tip your bartender. Yes. Tip your bartender. And there are two discs that I still need to send out. Um, I have them. I pulled them. I just need to send them. So for those of you who know you are, I'll get them sent. Outside of that, keep us up par. And oh, here's the winky thing. See ya. Peace. I got to turn it off, don't I? Got to hit the stop button. Now, peace. <laughs>